Whether you operate one forklift or thousands, one location or hundreds, the new My Toyota customer portal can help you optimize your operation and material handling equipment. This one-stop, free-to-use platform is designed to help you take control of your information and make smarter decisions, all at the touch of a button. Register and access your data today at my.toyotaforklift.com. That's my.toyotaforklift.com. With e-commerce off the charts, many small and growing warehouses are asking, how can I get ahead when my warehouse is barely keeping up? The answer is future-ready warehouse tech from Zebra Technologies. Warehouses can simplify and upgrade all processes, from automated inventory management to hands-free picking with Zebra's tailored, scalable mobile solutions. They're simple and intuitive. There's never been a better time to upgrade for success with Zebra. How can your warehouse get ahead? The answer's in black and white. Get the answers at zebra.com slash the answer. That's zebra.com slash the answer. Businesses are retooling fulfillment operations from warehouses to omnichannel to meet new demand amid unprecedented labor shortages. 3PLs, retailers, B2B distributors, and others are turning to flexible fulfillment solutions like Six River Systems to adapt and scale. Six River Systems Fulfillment Execution System is an integrated solution that combines intelligent cloud-based software and automation, including its autonomous mobile robot, AMR Chuck. No costly or disruptive infrastructure changes, fast and easy associate training, and integrations with other warehouse execution solutions allow operations to meet labor challenges, increase efficiency, and enhance customer engagement. Go to www.sixriver.com to learn more. Go to www.the6river.com to learn more. How do you create warehouse superheroes? The answer is simple. With visual voice scan solutions from ProSensus. With record demand and labor shortages, warehouses need more effective workers and lightning fast onboarding. Visual voice scan solutions from ProSensus enable warehouse workers to achieve superhero performance with up to 20% improved productivity and up to 99% accuracy. Hands-free barcode scanners from ProGlove paired with wearable mobile computers is just the beginning. Improved mobile interfaces with reduced keystrokes, easy-to-read screens, custom keyboards, voice-enabled interface, and more can be realized with ease on the leading WMS platforms. Sound too good to be true? Let us show you with our one-of-a-kind virtual demo. Visit ProCensus.com to get started today. Again, that's ProCensus.com to get started. The New Warehouse Podcast, hosted by Kevin Lawton, is your source for insights and ideas from the distribution, transportation, and logistics industry. A new episode every Monday morning brings you the latest from industry experts and thought leaders. And now, here's Kevin. Hey, it's Kevin Lawton with the New Warehouse Podcast. I'm here at Modex 2022, and I am joined in the New Warehouse booth with Bill Pedriana. He's the Chief Marketing Officer at Big Joe Lift Trucks. So we're going to talk all about Big Joe. We're going to find out who is Joe exactly, and we're also going to talk about their new announcement, which is called Bud, and we're going to figure out what it is Bud and what does Bud do. So, Bill. Welcome to the booth. Welcome to the show. How are you doing here at Modex? I'm doing great, Kevin. Yeah, it's a really fun show to be at after uh, going through the past couple years. And um, Definitely. it's also a very cool show to be at because I really see it being like kind of a 
it's a bit of a turning point, I think, for this industry, mm. which I grew up in. Yeah. I sold my first lift truck when I was 16. I'm 51 this year. Been at it a long time. Wow, I think this okay. is probably my 27th MHI show. Yeah. And uh, you just see it coming every year, like the change yeah. of technology and automation. And mm. I think we're at a tipping point, and, and it's very evident on the floor, accelerated a little bit by COVID. Right. But it's super exciting to be a part of the supply chain being like kind of the cool thing right now, as opposed yeah. to years ago when people would say, Invisible, you know, material right? handling, like, you know, <laughs> what is that all about? No yeah. one really cared too much. Now we're, everybody cares. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's been such a, such a huge thing, like you mentioned, and, you know, obviously uh, a lot of technological advances, um, but from, but from 16 to 51, I mean, before we get in a big joke here, I yeah. got to talk about this. Right? So, yeah. so from 16 to 51, I mean, obviously tons of changes, right? So, yeah. so I, I'm curious, you know, in that time frame, what has been the, the biggest change that you think you've seen? Like the one thing that maybe kind of like just floored you, like, wow, we're doing this now? Like, you know? Yeah. I mean, you know, it's like when there's, when there's big changes, mm-hmm. it's usually a result of some, a convergence of so many other things okay. that lead up to like a big breakthrough, right? Yeah. So there's like, so many underlying things that have changed and they're just there's this kind of you know they're all coming together now mm-hmm. with and, and even with the pandemic which has forced it it was like right. you couldn't have created a more perfect storm yeah. for some of the forces that were already kind of at play in the industry mm. kind of leading to kind of this moment at this show yeah. I, you know so I, I can't say that there's like one stark thing that has changed but it's like the industry has been evolving mm. for a long time throughout my career right. since I was a kid. And I've seen all of it. You know, there's been waves of different things tried and different, but like right now it just feels like it's harmonizing to something new. Mm. And I guess if there's something to be, I think the thing that's pretty cool, if there's one thing I can really focus on, yeah. is some of the things that I love about this industry and anybody that's been in this industry for a long time really just right. like, they feel it in their gut like yeah. this is the cool the thing they allowed <laughs> to do about this this yeah. industry it's 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 being recycled it's like mm. it was kind of there were certain aspects of like that kind of you know back in the 80s guys used to pound the streets and mm-hmm. sell material handling solutions pre-internet right and they were the experts and yeah. they would have these buckets of of like literature in their trunk right mm-hmm. and they were the and they would go around towns yeah. that are local companies and they would tell them at all all these different things existed because people didn't even know right. what they were mm-hmm. right and the business back then was very it was very personal it was very solution oriented it was very much engaging with an account to like help that manager or that operator just be provide a better you know have a better operation mm-hmm. it was like kind of almost like um you, you felt like you're doing a good thing for the community and sharing your trade of helping right. people solve problems, right? Mm. And throughout, like, you know, kind of the 90s and the er, and the aughts, we kind of got away from that as an industry because mm. a lot of people, like, kind of got more insular right. and they kind of looked at the internet to solve problems and, like, it, it, it kind of got away from the traditional salesmanship in the industry mm. of yeah. learning about how people do things and applying a solution. Mm. And I think we're back at a place now, which is really exciting, is some of the, the old kind of things that people love about material handling, mm-hmm. about solving, solving problems with tools that people don't really yet really know or understand very well, mm-hmm. and all these new things in the toolkit. Yeah. It's kind of bringing like new life back into the material handling world, mm-hmm. which is now expanded to include supply chain. So yeah. I guess if there's one thing, yeah. 
that I can really focus on that I think is the, maybe the coolest, neatest thing yeah. is how so many things have changed, but it's bringing us back to a place where I think it's kind of renewing kind of the spirit of the industry with all this innovation. Hmm. That's, the, that's the thing I would, I would yeah. gravitate toward. Yeah, because I, I think it's an interesting point because there is, you know, with so much innovation and <clears throat> bringing a lot of, I think, technologies into the warehousing space that uh, people that typically work in warehousing would otherwise not be familiar with there is a lot of education now that that's needs right to go on to, yep. to bring that out so yep. so it's an interesting point there and I, I love the fact that you you know you're seeing that it's almost recycling as you said like right. it's, it's coming back that education point from the from the experts and the people the salesmen as well that, right. that come out there yeah yep. yeah yeah so you know, we we got your uh, history here. Right. So, so let's talk a little bit about uh, Big Joe and Big Joe right. Lift Trucks. So, so what what is Big Joe Lift Trucks? What do you guys do? Right. So, so the you, you, I think the 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 question a lot of people ask is, you know, who's Big Joe? Like, where is yeah, he? who's Joe? Who yeah. is who's this guy? <laughs> right. What's he all about? And so, you know, it's a material handling company founded in the '50s in Chicago, okay. and it was two families. They were they very much came out of kind of the industrial sciences kind mm. of you know kind of almost like the assembly line kind of mentality but post World yeah. War II okay. and they were kind of cruising around Chicago and they they were looking for problems to solve mm. entrepreneurial in, uh, mindset and they were looking at these guys that were taking cast iron cash boxes out of mm. department stores downtown because we right. didn't have the suburb shopping like we do today right yeah, back yeah, then yeah. you wanted to go shopping you go downtown, go downtown. Yeah. right so they were pulling all these like eighty pound cast iron cash boxes out of these retailers mm. and they were seeing these guys with these two-wheel dollies just killing themselves bringing yeah, this yeah. stuff in every day and they're like man we could make something we could put a hydraulic cylinder in one of these things and mm. bring it up to counter level so these guys wouldn't have to bend down all the time oh, yeah. and like it would be a simple little machine right yeah. and so they did that that was the bit first big joe it was at one of the very first mhi shows it was actually called something different back uh, then in 1951 okay. mm-hmm. And they introduced the Model 14 Big Joe, yeah. and it was a, literally a two-wheel hand truck with a hydraulic cylinder in it mm-hmm. and a foot pump. And that was the genesis of all walkie forklifts, because the mm-hmm. first thing you realize when you try to put a you put a hydraulic cylinder in a two-wheel hand truck, yeah. and you load it with an 80-pound cast iron box, yeah. is the thing's going to want to flip forward. Right. So you need straddle legs to, mm-hmm. to make sure it doesn't flip over. Yeah. And then as you load that product up, you realize that it's hard to push. You want to put a power drive unit on it, mm-hmm. powered straddle stacker. Yeah counterbalance, reach stacker, all that come from, those were all early Big Joe innovations. Okay. And so who's Big Joe? Yeah. Big Joe is like, you know, the company was founded in Chicago. Mm-hmm. So as opposed to like in New York where every, you know, person was like a Mac yeah. or right or, or like a buddy, right? <laughs> yeah. in, in, in Chicago, it's just like, hey, you're just like a Joe. Yeah, yeah. Like, so instead of having some like Joe come over and help you move the heavy thing, yeah. you had the simple tool that could do it for you. That's where the name comes from. Gotcha. Okay. All right. So it's like your average Joe, I guess, basically. Right. right. But the, the, the DNA of the company is always right. like basically taking like a simple machine to empower mm-hmm. a worker as opposed to, you, you know, using brute force like, mm-hmm. you know, like a Joe. Yeah. You know, that's gotcha. kind of where we come from. Hmm. Very interesting. A very interesting origin story there as well. I love the fact that they, you know, saw that uh, problem that somebody was having and they thought about, you know, how can I make these, these, their lives better? And make it easier for them right. to do. And so, obviously, you know, we've come a, a long way since then. So, talk to us a little bit about kind of the 
the evolution of Big Joe and, and how we get to the point where we are now with the, the solutions you guys are providing. Right. So I'll give you a really quick, I'll try to be quick. It's a, mm-hmm. it's a, a pretty interesting story. You know, solving those tasks with a simple machine like that mm-hmm. was always what we were focused on for years. Okay. And as the U.S. lost a lot of its manufacturing base in the 70s and 80s, Big Joe lost a lot of its traditional customer base because Mm -hmm. a lot of the unique little problems we wanted to solve were kind of falling away. A lot of it was in manufacturing. Mm -hmm. And so by 2009, when the Great Recession hit, we had very little business left and the company was really struggling to hold on and it needed to be revitalized. Mm -hmm. So what we did is we basically you know kind of got together with a chinese multinational ep equipment yeah and they came in and they were they were providing some equipment to us on a private label basis at that time okay but brought them in kind of re- did a reorganization revitalized the product line used their um, production scale overseas to mm-hmm. kind of revitalize our products which hadn't been kind of renewed since the 80s okay and rebuilt the whole line from scratch but preserve the DNA of like kind of what Big Joe is all about, okay. where it was kind of simple material handling oriented machines. And all the machines you'll see on our show floor today and the ones we've developed over the past 12 years, yeah. they're all kind of tweaked. They're all, they all got these kind of like little kind of nuances and different approaches mm-hmm. to how other OEMs manufacture trucks. Okay. Because the whole idea, once again, is to try to go after those kind of like in between tasks those kind of like kind of like okay. you know kind of that once again that kind of material handling yeah, kind yeah. of mindset mm. not just we're going to make one widget and make 20,000 of them we're going to make yeah. we have eight different models of pallet truck most okay. manufacturers offer one yeah just one yeah. we're all about the right tool for the job so right. you know and having the efficiency of EP who now you know mm. it's where the essentially the North American business unit now is Big Joe yeah we've got kind of manufacturing that we can deliver a high quality low low cost product mm-hmm. and then we have kind of the acumen to really know what customers need to elegantly solve some of their material handling tasks hmm. very interesting and it, you know i love the fact that you guys are like you said you, you know you want the right tool for the job right so yep. so you talked about you mentioned some little tweaks in there so yeah so give us like an example of one tweak that would be a little bit different from like sure. another um, yeah sure like so one of the products we're um, intro introducing here at modex is the yeah. rpl uh, the rpl 44 it's okay. a rider pallet trap yeah. jack most people are like okay everybody's yeah. got a rider pallet track yeah. so what yeah um ours has a few different things that are interesting one it was purposely built to be a lithium truck up front okay. so it's about maybe about only 60 percent of the head length of everybody else's truck so much smaller much more maneuverable hmm. and then the forks on it are low profile forks it's not a special it's standard as low profile really so the forks only uh, under th- is 2.9 inches mm-hmm. Most of uh, everybody else's rider jack is 3.4, so yeah. a small tweak. Yeah. But when you start trying to like finagle our end control rider jack mm-hmm. out of a pallet, yeah, it it can be real meaningful because it can save you yeah. like you know like 20 minutes a day just having to get unstuck from shipping pallets mm-hmm. just by having a little bit more low profile pallet fork. And to do that, it's not easy. Mm-hmm. Because the load wheels on a uh, rider jack spin really fast because right. they you go long distances and they can mm-hmm. heat up. So you have to use special compounds in the wheel. We actually split the wheel into two. So there's actually mm-hmm. four load wheels yeah. to split the thermal load and to make that happen. And so that's a little tweak, mm-hmm. but it, it's what, it gives our dealers something that they can uh, you know show to a customer to help solve problems. And that's really, right. once again, what we're all about. So that's one example. 
every one of our products has something like that yeah. that is just slightly askew from like like kind of a, the more commoditized offering mm-hmm. that most lift truck manufacturers produce. Mm-hmm. Very interesting, and I, I'm curious how the you know the I guess the innovation process happens there, Big Joe, when you come up with these little tweaks like the the low profile forks, for example. Like, yeah. where, where did that idea come from? Is it a customer saying they need something like this, or is it just industry? I mean, knowledge? I think it's a combi- I think it's a combination of things. Yeah. I think it's just experience. You yeah. know, I mean, one of our guys that's been with the company for a really long time. He he started work at Big Joe when he was eighteen. He's also in okay. his fifties. Yeah. You know, he's he's like, hey, you know, when people call Big Joe, they expect us to be the experts. Right. Right. That's why they're calling us. And so part of it is it's just, you know, that kind of active learning. Mm-hmm. When you build a company based on problem solving, yeah. it requires you to go like learn your customer's business. Mm. Right. And you see kind of more real world kind of environments where your products are used. Yeah. And it gives you that kind of that knowledge base when you mm-hmm. get a bunch of people like minded that kind of do the same thing. Right. Of learning about like not necessarily what's the easiest product to produce. But what is the tool that you can create that can solve a problem in the most simple way? Yeah. For, you know, and not necessarily the most straightforward problem, the things that are the things that you get asked about, like you want to say yes to, yeah. right? Dealer calls you, customer calls you, you want to help them, yeah. right? And so it's like, what would you do to like refine, you know, tweak the product or you know, kind of make it slightly different so that when you get that call that, hey, I could help you out with that because we have a model that does this, yeah. right? So it all comes from that problem-solving kind of mentality is really where our innovation comes from. Hmm. Yeah, it's very interesting because I think, I mean, oftentimes those little tweaks is something that maybe people don't think about necessarily. So knowing that it exists, you may uncover like a problem that you didn't know you really had. So it was yeah. yeah, we do another thing which is really fun, which is I call it like a weird first development. So we take basically kind of the things we accept to be true about uh, a certain type of piece of equipment, right. and we flip them on their head. Okay. So we say, like, for instance, like on our J2 order selector, yeah. they drive, everybody thinks they drive backwards, because okay. we, we call it forks forward operation. So most order pickers, you drive with the forks trailing, yeah, ours right. are the exact opposite. Really? So okay. we started with that as a concept, yeah. weird first, and yeah. then worked backwards. Like, if we were to do this, mm-hmm. what would be the consequences? And then what would we have to do to the product mm-hmm. if we made this decision of weird first yeah. to make it an effective piece of equipment? And mm-hmm. it kind of takes you through this arc of trying to challenge your preconceived notions about what an order picker should be. Mm-hmm. And what we found in the development of the J2 with that forks forward operation yeah. is we really liked it, and it yeah. stuck. <laughs> <laughs> and we solved a lot of the other problems down line. So it, and it's really good for each picking we found is what we found. Oh, yeah. interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's that case pick. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. That's pretty interesting. And, and obviously, you know, you guys are constantly evolving. And with this week here at Modex, you guys have a big announcement, yep. right? So big announcement. Yeah. bringing yep. on a new cobot, right? So yep. name is Bud. Bud. Yeah. Right. So Bud's actually an acronym. So it stands for Big Joe User Directed. The UD is User Directed. Okay. And the whole idea is very Big Joe. Yeah. Right, which is the idea is that we're going to try to make a simple kind of autonomous unit to move goods around that that a person is you know can basically kind of set up themselves, integrate okay. themselves, yeah. and and put to work and get ROI day one. Hmm. And it's a big thing for us because right. we're moving into a space, the automation space, which we right. haven't been in previously. Yeah, but it feels just so 
darn natural. Yeah. Because of like it's once again that PC kind of you know revolution kind of thing that right. I was talking about. Yeah. At this time, like it's like if anybody's going to make a simple machine yeah. that is just like kind of about like empowering workers, right? right to solve kind of edge case problems. It's yeah. like, it's that's like who we are. That's what Big Joe does. That's what Big right. Joe does, yeah. right? So right. it just totally makes sense. And to do it as a cobot totally makes sense. Right. And, you know, I, so it, it, it's really fun to talk about. I'm going to be doing a speech tomorrow here uh, on the show floor called No Bot to Cobot. Yeah. And it's specifically for people that would never really think that they would have like a robot running around their facility. Okay. But now it kind of makes sense because it's just so easy to do. Mm. Yeah. So, so, yeah, so we're excited about Bud. I mean, there's a lot of robots here, right. but it does still seem that a lot of the industry is still kind of fixated on the the planes and the trains, mm-hmm. and not so much the automobiles. Okay. And I'll, I'll give you a little bit on that is like, yeah, yeah. you know, it's easy to get ROI on something like a train or a plane because you've right. got all the velocity and all the throughput and yeah. all that. You can run the numbers, right? Yeah. But it's like we're at a point like with something like Bud where it's like more like, hey, I'm going to drop the kids off at soccer practice. Hmm. Okay. You know, and so our model is all about like a RAS model where we're talking about like 50 bucks a day. So yeah, if yeah. you have, if you have like yeah. two hours of non-value added travel yeah. that you can just have this thing, you push go and it can, you know, take your pallet or goods or whatever you're yeah. doing. You save the money right That's there. pretty much ROI day one. Right. Yeah, so yeah. it just, that's kind of what we're, we're shooting for. All right. Very interesting stuff. And, and welcome to the automation world. I'll say. Yeah. Right? It's interesting. <laughs> yeah. I never, I never thought at 16 going back into that kind of life story of myself that yeah, I'd yeah. be like selling robots yeah, uh, yeah. So at some point in my career, but here we are. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, even for myself, you know, I'm not, I'm not quite 51 yet, but yeah. you know, I, as a younger myself, you know, seeing all these robots being used in actual like practical applications is, is pretty wild. So it's, yeah. it's pretty incredible stuff. So, so Bill, thank you so much for uh, stopping by the booth and talking to us about big Joe and the Bud as well. It's pretty cool stuff. Uh, congratulations on that. If people want to find out more information about Big Joe Lifts, how can they do that? Yeah, they can go to our website at BigJoeForklifts.com or hit up our sales team at sales at BigJoeForklifts.com. It's been okay. a pleasure to talk to you, Kevin. Thanks for having us. You too, Bill. We'll put all that information at TheNewWarehouse.com. So thank you once again for stopping by the booth and enjoy the rest of the show. You've been listening to The New Warehouse Podcast with Kevin Lawton. Subscribe and check us out online at thenewwarehouse.com. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you want more content from The New Warehouse, check out our new video series called All Hands on LinkedIn. Just search for The New Warehouse on LinkedIn and follow along.